0: Alright, hello everyone. We're back with another uh, another episode of Empathic Futures Lab, the show about human-focused futures for the environments in which we live. Once again, I'm Chris.
1: And I'm Christian.
0: And uh, so this is the first time that we've had an episode in a few weeks. Uh, Christian's been really busy. I was in Asia, and then Thanksgiving happened, and uh, I think it's nice to kind of finally get back into the swing of things, even if we maybe start a little slowly. And hopefully we don't have too many breaks from here on out. Maybe one around Christmas time, we'll see.
1: Yeah, maybe for a week, but things are slowing down for me, <laughs> finally.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys you guys did a really good job. Um, just an update, so Christian and we pulled in uh, a grad student at U of I, Coulter. Uh, we might have him on the show soon. Uh, and then Robert, who we've had on the show in the past, did a really good job of pulling together our installation. Uh, while i was in asia so kudos to them it looks really good and hopefully we have a website up soon uh that we can post a link to and that so that everyone can see uh this thing that we've been talking about for so long actually come to life and be something real and interactive
1: it's really fun actually
0: yeah it looks really fun surprisingly I
1: think that... it's most fun as an aquarium <laughs> <laughs> for whatever reason people love
0: that yeah well i imagine it'd be it's it's nice to just sit and stare at for a while and and stare at people staring at it yeah the physical interaction of that yeah so i think today's topic is on interfaces that's something that before i left i was in champagne and we had a really nice conversation about how we want this to interface with people and, and some of the issues some of the sort of the more philosophical issues going around with interfaces how much screen time how much uh passive versus active interaction we want to have for this installation and then we kind of thought maybe it's a good way to, to talk about a podcast at least in like a mini series of of things and it, and it kind of flows from our last few conversations too but anyway i don't you want to start this off with uh what you yeah. what discussion lead
1: yeah so i think this topic came up pretty significantly between Coulter and myself, Um, and he's probably much better at talking about it than I am, and we'll have him on next week, but we kind of wanted to lead into this conversation uh, and at least build a little bit of a background for it. So, the installation itself was, well, I guess it's best to start at ground zero. So, I guess when we are thinking about interfaces, one of the first things I thought about, uh, well, is probably... Like the first one of the earliest interfaces that at least I and probably most of our listeners and def- probably you as well, Chris, interacted with some sort of digital interface was the mouse and keyboard and like the monitor screen, right? And it probably wasn't a flat screen monitor either. And then and then maybe that evolved and you have like these think pads or whatever where you have a laptop and it's got like this weird little red nub thing that you can move around and a touchpad.
0: Yeah, those were annoying. <laughs> did not like so, the trackball
1: yeah, yeah and I don't even know what those little red nub things are called let me look it up red nub thinkpad I feel like they should just get rid of that at, the, at this point but it's probably more of like an icon for them than anything else that thing's weird you can buy like replacements for it oh man at $3 a piece oh my gosh <laughs> pointing stick oh Dell has it too Anyway, so like those, those are these weird little formal interaction interactive bits that um, we're kind of used to interacting with uh, digital environments with, and how and how you touch, how you give the digital environment some form, and and then and then we started thinking about like how that continued to evolve, and one thing that popped into my mind was the T-Mobile Sidekick, and if like phone design up until until the iphone had been like really formalized and had been explorative then like the sidekick happened at the end of that and then and then iphone happened and just kicked all this formalization and the keyboard particularly and if you look at the sidekick it's got like 12 buttons on it obviously the iphone is fairly iconic for just having that one home button and then um the ones on the side are like Subverted a lot so you don't really notice them uh, and they're not really part of the phone. They're just there as functional pieces So I think kind of what what was happening was this de-aestheticization or de-formalization of uh, our interfaces Um, And this is a conversation that we that I kind of started with Coulter and because he brought up the idea of Y2k futurism so if you're on your computers or your phone and not driving uh, go ahead and look up Y two K futurism, and I think it's probably, I would agree. It, it's kind of one of the weirdest, funniest looking things that there's just strange stuff that was happening in terms of what people thought the future would look like. And uh, probably one of the most iconic pieces from this are like weird looking Walkmans, and then the uh, the, the Macintosh, the Apple computers with like the uh, the funky colors. If you remember those. Oh, weird. Okay. Uh, and the matrix definitely so there's like this super formalization and then maybe it all ends with the t-mobile sidekick when like the 2000 aughts end in 2010s the 10 to start happening and that's when you have like the introduction of the iphone and uh, everything becomes super minimalistic right the touchscreens screens. Oh. And so, yeah, and what that is, is the introduction of the touchscreen as the interface. And everyone's like, oh, well, you don't need a button for that. You just use the touch screen. You just make a digital button or, or whatever. Right. Um, which...
0: You're completely like, you don't need the physical stuff anymore. Right. And so that, I think that's a big question,
1: is whether or not that's a good thing. Like, should the physical interact, like, do you need this physical form to interact with? And maybe it's not like a weird thermal formed or like cast plastic thing which right is slightly metallic which is kind of gross uh, there's this one project if I can remember it it like it shoots your teardrops uh, face mask I, I don't even know what I'm googling right now
0: I' just uh, I just noticed that I found it okay
1: Fei Chen designs a gun for sh- for firing her tears and I think if if you look at this I think the aesthetic is super contemporary.
0: Oh, um, what the if
1: heck? you look up uh, gun, gra- graduate student designs gun for shooting tears um, and maybe this isn't super digital but I, I think it has a futuristic aesthetic to it that it might be applicable today when we start thinking about the form it's kind of kinda got this specific. like
0: steampunk look to it
1: yeah I think that comes primarily from the color
0: yeah and the, the sort of canister look and the wires I don't know that seems kind of steampunky Exposing the exposing the structure of it so much.
1: I, I I am a fan of it, just as like this this strange attachment and how you might start thinking about these aesthetic pieces that attach to people.
0: Uh huh. So that, that that's that's where my interest and maybe there's some like really fun wearables that are links with this. Oh, she has other projects that are really neat. Huh. Well, um, yeah. I mean, it's definitely so, something that I've never thought of. Before, in terms of like the motives behind why we've well, not the motives, but the reasons why we've been able to simplify these aesthetics so much,
1: right? Because I think it's a good point. And so what what seems to have happened is over the last ten years, right? The iPhone is just over ten years. It's almost it's eleven, almost eleven years, ten and a half years.
0: Yeah, something Um, like that. Since
1: since the introduction of the iPhone, there, I think Apple has really iPhone, at least, has really pushed the dialogue towards just minimalizing and reducing and taking out the physical form of the interface.
0: Well, I guess you don't really need any more in terms of physical form out of this thing, like, or any iPhone. You just kind of need a screen and a way to turn on the screen. Right?
1: Well, that's and, the question. And then
0: everything else comes through it. Like It's like the ultimate form of flexibility like you said you, you just have buttons on it i guess on the downside to that you have to look at it to use it
1: right so that's that's like like i our, think there's an economic decision there it makes a lot of sense it allows you to simplify devices
0: right right from a, in terms of building this thing less buttons is probably a little easier to do a and there's less like yeah i had an htc phone during college and one of the buttons broke and it was almost useless after that because I couldn't turn on the screen. (laughs) Uh, It was really obnoxious. That phone was like four years old, so uh, I got a lot out of it. But yeah, so buttons break digital and screens. I guess if the screen breaks, you're completely screwed. So you have more than just a one button problem. But
1: yeah, along that same lines, I find really funny, like the all in one computers where it's just a screen, but your phone is essentially the same thing.
0: Yeah, it's just a really big phone.
1: But they still they still brand these computers as all-in-one computers instead of like giant phones.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, at this point I think computer is more about the operating system than it is about the than it is about what it looks like. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, would, I would agree with that. But I I remember in high school I used to know people who could text one-handed with their hand in their pocket during class. <laughs>
1: Uh, how would they know the text that they're getting?
0: Well, you you like look out, read the text real quick, then you stick your phone back in your pocket and you just text, right? Because you you a, did the you did the number sense. thing, right? Where you had like A B C on the on right. one, right, or seven or whatever, uh, on one, and then you you go from there. And <laughs> because of how tactile it was, you could text without looking. And I and I don't think I ever got exactly to that point, but I could get some messages out without looking and. And you know you get this kind of muscle memory that you don't really have with the non-physical keyboard, with the digital keyboard. So it's definitely true. You have to know where things are, and you have to look at your screen. I never, never, really intellectual like articulated that before.
1: Right. And there's been this conversation about screen time and having you know, like, and I, I guess I guess the thought is is like if. Would our screen time be reduced if you just had a regular keyboard, like a sidekick, like the T-Mobile sidekick? versus yeah. does, does making the screen more seamless and easier to use as a keyboard increase the amount of time that you spend on it?
0: I think it probably depends on the interaction that you're trying to have. If it's just purely texting... But... I, guess it's not really I don't different. know because you you have to you're like you're still using your phone whether you're looking at it or not right yeah. unless you're just like pushing buttons I don't know maybe like suppose you're uh going to the one of these like amazon stores and you like push a button to let you in to like activate the app on your phone as opposed to like opening an app and saying you're in the store you have to like push a button or something but even then then you have to have this dedicated button just to that one app right so I don't know i I think that's The great thing about having this all be digital is these buttons are remappable depending on what app you have open. But you can't do that with a physical button because you have to dedicate that button to an app. Or you have to have a different app open when you use that button. And then you have to look at your phone anyway to open up different apps.
1: Right.
0: Or you, you let this go completely to like voice interface or something like that.
1: Right, and that that brings up the other question, where you where you had posted a number of things about um, uh, alternative ways to interface, which were more more than just using your thumbs. Right. I think, I, th- I think is is how I would describe them. So these aren't like voice related things, and they're maybe they're trying to question what the next type of interface is.
0: Well, I think this, like, this... Gestural? This hyper-surface thing is really fascinating.
1: I think their videos are ridiculous.
0: I haven't actually watched the videos, I think I was...
1: Watch the video, it's absolutely... This guy just sits in a DeLorean for, like, three minutes looking at you.
0: Really? Oh, I watched... (laughs) I think I watched the initial video where they were talking about why they're doing it, but I never, like, looked at any of the hype videos.
1: So, yeah, maybe that's the one... But then this like strange looking, slightly European guy just sits in a DeLorean, just like staring at it. I want if if you oh, shoot. We have to include the link. No, all right,
0: okay, no. All right we'll include we have the to link. Include
1: the link and go to like one fifty three, and he just like touches the DeLorean that has some red light on it, and he just stares at it, and it's really funny.
0: Oh, I think I did see that, and then the door opens.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Okay, but I did see it's that. It's just
1: like just staring at it like
0: it's i think there's some inherent like there's like some inherent security issue with that where like if you could just walk up and touch the car the door opens but i think the idea of it being more of of like uh you're 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 touching something to open to like create some interaction is really nice or like touching any sort of surface is really nice
1: i'm inclined to think they figured out absolutely none of this really i don't know it seems like their hype video they haven't it doesn't seem like they've designed anything
0: well they've supposedly designed just on every surface right is that the idea
1: yeah my in my experience that just means that you haven't gotten anything done
0: yet yeah well i think i think the whole way this works <clears throat> is that basically, basically you like you you put a sensor on a table and then and then it reads the vibrations somehow through like some AI that is trained to know the difference between various vibrations on the surface. But so maybe there's really not much of a physical form to that. So maybe there's really not much to show, but I I don't know if I'll really understand if it works or not until you actually see someone trying to to put a gesture onto something that normally wouldn't have anything related to it.
1: I think, um, well, this could work because the next one you sent was called Naki and it's essentially like the same thing. Same so thing. It's, it's this hockey puck that you stick on things.
0: Right, but I think it's like the simple version of of hypersurface. I think yeah. naki is more like. It seems like you're just knocking on a table, and and hypersurface is supposedly can probably read every and every sort of gesture, like if you're spreading your hand across something or, right, wiping your hand or finger, or whatever, across some surface.
1: The naki is is and maybe it's the bridge between the clapper and hypersurface yeah i think
0: but i think yeah the benefit of this is you don't have to be looking at a screen to use it you just kind of have to set some like some pattern that
1: all Right, and, and, all and of i sudden definitely you're think there's a trend to that yeah um, but maybe you spend more time figuring out all your different patterns and gestures on the screen anyway. That doesn't even.
0: Well, I think you'd have it's... to have some sort of like, you'd have to have some sort of key or some sort of legend to what your patterns mean for a while until you internalize them. Yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, them and you can it becomes second nature. And I think it'd be one of those things where like, if you've used it for too long, eventually you like, you feel kind of empty without it. Cause you're like, I want to turn up the volume of my music, but I have to tell Google to do that. I can't just wipe on my wall. It'd be kind of strange
1: i think there could be a connection that you established that i agree i think it could be kind of fun I, yeah
0: because then all of a sudden you're like really like physically interacting with your house maybe it's a little more intimate to like touch your house to control it
1: you know speaking of which um that uh last year last winter we did the uh the fairy tales competition right submission was like these weird intelligent spheres that go around your house and do things. Right. Um, if you look up Sphero Sphero Robots, I actually got one of these. Okay. And it's basically like if you conglomerated these into a go to Sphero Bolt. Sphero. Conglomerate these into like a grouping. This is essentially Oh, yeah. like,
0: oh okay. It's like rolls around.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited for it. But they're not very intelligent, that's the thing.
0: Well, it looks like you'd, like, remote control this thing.
1: Yeah, you remote control it. And you can, like, control the LED matrix and stuff. Oh, okay. But I'm really excited to play, like, have my guinea pig interact with this thing and see what happens.
0: I think it'd be more fun with, like, a cat.
1: <laughs> well, that's definitely true.
0: Okay. it's
1: probably a good thing. Anyway. Yeah. I'm excited for this. So. Yeah, that's kind of cool. You know, that's, that's, I mean, because in that we were, we were talking about the home, like uh, what is the digital physical extension of the home? And it was all about like giving form to a technological idea. Yeah. Entity. Yeah. And I don't know, is that even a valid direction?
0: Right. Do you not need form? You just need some gestural thing or, or some. So
1: when we're talking about interaction, And you bring up all these neat things, like the conductive paint, which I think is really nice. And that can definitely have form. Like, you can put that on any form, right? Right.
0: But then it's not itself what's formal. It's you're just adopting the form of something else, which I think is what makes it so interesting, is you don't have to give it itself a shape. You just put it on a wall.
1: Well, I guess the question is, is there value in giving these things shapes?
0: Yeah. I don't know.
1: As an architect, you kind of have to answer that question.
0: I, I don't know. I think we go back to this. So did you see that Nike House of Innovation in New York? Um, yes. Did yeah, you yeah, watch the one's... video?
1: Yeah.
0: The, the video is cool. Like, you you basically use your phone to interact with the space.
1: I think I watched. It was just one video, It's right? just
0: one video, and this lady is basically getting a tour, and, and they're like, okay, so if you come in, and you don't want to talk to any of the employees, you just, you just pick stuff on your phone and you send it to a locker. And then if you get there and it fits, you can just check out on your phone and walk out. Or if you see something on a mannequin, you can like scan a QR code and see what's on that mannequin. Mm-hmm. And then like, if you want that stuff, instead of going looking through the store, you just like click on these buttons on your phone and then it's sent to a dressing room and you just like walk up and say like, hey, I'm like, here for this dressing room and you just show get shown into the dressing room and everything you wanted is in there and you can try it on right Um, but
1: they also have like this crazy sculpture thing in the middle with all the screens on it
0: yeah i think that's like just i think that's purely aesthetic i don't think that actually does anything maybe it's where they mounted their sensor or server or whatever but they had one of those in shanghai too It was really cool well that
1: would be the thing
0: It's, (sighs) it's it's like it's it's sculptural i don't i don't know if it's super functional
1: well, that that would be a thing. Like, what if it did actually function as something?
0: But I guess my point is, you have all these interactions. I mean, they're not they're not in the same vein as this gestural thing that we were talking about. Right. But or or this Amazon Go store, or the Amazon Four Star store or whatever, where they're like just tracking you with computer vision. It's all. I think you're right in the sense that do you you don't. There's no inherent form to any of this. It's just like. You're there and you're in you're interacting with whatever form is in this space, and they're picking up on these interactions right. sort of it, naturally the
1: the thing that's really weird to me is that the digital interaction and the form of the space are still completely separate
0: it's it's yeah it's it's like you're overlaying the digital interaction on top of the physical space and it has no physical manifestation and I think, other than like a qr code or I guess you could like if you wanted to be kind of fake about it, you could use that conductive paint and you know, those like circuit graphics where it's just the lines with the circles on the end. Like you could paint that onto a wall. So you know where that is. Um, I mean, I
1: I think that's at least a step, I guess.
0: It'd be kind of equivalent to me putting those stupid eye beams on the edge of a building. Like, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Now we know it's steel structure, but those beams don't actually do anything. You're kind of expressing it because you want to, not because you have to,
1: I guess. And, and and maybe that's what it takes. Like maybe that was the first step towards postmodernism. <laughs> maybe. maybe, maybe maybe you have to like kind of work your way there. And postmodernism within architecture maybe not so great. <laughs> um In terms of how it was actually realized versus like the paper version of it was a lot more interesting.
0: Yeah, I don't know. There's something to be said about complexity, visual complexity that. I sort of miss in regular modernism. Like, who likes, like, stark, super clean stuff, right? Only designers like that.
1: No, no, no. I think that's where we're at in, like, iPhones right now.
0: Yeah, where you're...
1: It's maybe more functional.
0: Well, what's funny about the iPhone is everyone puts these cases on your phone, so you can't even experience the actual form of your phone. Like, I love taking... um... Because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, right. You want to protect it. Uh, and then you can style it and the case like if you get a cool case you like sort of break Johnny Ives hold on your design aesthetic and say oh cool look now I I can personalize this thing in a way that's not just black and metal or red or or whatever you can have now
1: but a limited color palette exists
0: right until you put a case on and all of a sudden it's wood or you have some funky graphic that's sort of your own but you're kind of like blowing up this original aesthetic of the phone which I actually really love taking my case off and holding my Samsung Galaxy. Like, it just feels good in my hand without Same the case.
1: Same mine. It's... Got the X or whatever.
0: Yeah, it just feels good in your hand. So maybe that's all it really is, is it just feels good to hold, and you don't actually need the form beyond that. But, yeah, it's true. Maybe we're at that point where <laughs> everything well, I... added I... onto it just kind of superficial at this point. Well...
1: So maybe that's the case and maybe like the phone isn't the place to start to see this innovation. Maybe it's more in things like wearables, I uh-huh. would think. Uh-huh. Probably where we can start seeing a reformalization.
0: Yeah. Maybe. Or I, or I
1: guess I mean, does it need to happen? I don't know. I think this Y two K aesthetic stuff is there's definitely something to that.
0: Yeah. Well, okay, so I was reading this this off screen and this is kind of not in the same vein as y2k we could circle back to y2k no we don't have to but it's i was just about form. okay i was i was uh well i guess the first thing i want to say is it's funny that we're talking about form because we've tried to reject form not reject form but we've kind of steered away from form and architecture but now we're bringing it back to this tech thing which is kind of interesting but so i was reading this off screen which is really good magazine uh the guy who did it is taking a break and he might not start it again which is fine there's 20 issues they're all or at least the ones i've read have been fascinating because they're just like fun interviews with people but i was reading i don't remember who this guy was being interviewed with but he was talking about the need for edges in life and how like and this kind of comes back to our conversation about the phone in general or, or, or digital world in general where like when you read a book you have this agreement with the book where you know where you are in the book like you know you're halfway you know you're close to the end there's kind of like this defined edge of the interaction versus when you're like scrolling through twitter you can just go forever and there's no edge to that interaction and he's like it's it's once you get in the digital world you kind of have this need for an edge or like if you're running a blog does that blog go forever or do you just stop the blog one day right there's no defined start and stop to things so i'm wondering if like that sort of where we need to go with this right because like amazon you know you're you kind of know your edges when you step into the store you start up the app and you say okay i'm here and when you leave you're like crossing some threshold and that's when you pay i wonder if like if you pick something up on a shelf at an amazon store and you put it back does it recognize that you took it out of your cart and put it back like if you walked around the store for it with it for an hour that'd be kind of weird if it hopefully it does but like you have these edges like I don't know if you just need to, like, paint a line on the floor and says, now you're entering this zone where we're
1: tracking it's like you. Bound, it's, it's bounds, right? Right. To, and that's that's what form does. It, it gives us the bounds. It tells us what it, it, it shows us that. And whether it's a, a paint, it, we'll call it aesthetic, right? Right. And because, like, it could be something that's painted on the ground. It could be um, a physical thing.
0: Right. Because like, otherwise it's ubiquitous. As
1: a form. But it 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 might be safe to say that the digital realm is beyond our comprehension in terms of its scale and vastness.
0: Oh yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's definitely fair. So to say. maybe
1: maybe that form or that bounds that you're talking about, this edge, actually is what grounds it for us as as people.
0: Right. Right.
1: So maybe it is super necessary.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. I guess. If we really kind of dig into the definition of interface, too, that's kind of what the definition of interface is. It's sort of this boundary point where two things meet. So maybe we've kind of just worked our way back to that.
1: <laughs> Probably, but like the phone itself at this point is almost... like The, the, the interface and the way... The, there's almost too many interactions that you can have with your phone. Well,
0: yeah, the phone's kind of this universal key. Because right? you can literally pull anything up on it. You, it. you can pull up any app on your phone. and if you don't have it, you just download it from the store. unless you're in China and you can't download it from the store. like you could pull up anything you want on there.
1: Right. So there's no fine there's almost no finiteness to it. And like when you start taking the screen away, when you start taking away the bezel, the edge, the physical edge of the phone, and that becomes less and less and less, it, it becomes even more infinite, I think.
0: Like the Google Glass or whatever when right. you start, you're starting to put your phone on your face.
1: Yeah, and it's like the closer it gets, the less the less physicalness that you see, Right. the less boundary it has, right. the more consuming it is. Well,
0: isn't that the frustration, though, when we're trying to design these apps? Like, when we're trying to design, like, let's say when we were going through this digital picnic, like, to run everything through the phone, even it being so universal and so... Like flexible in our daily life to run an interaction through it is really frustrating, which is kind of the irony of us talking about this, right? Because for a while, we were thinking about putting a screen on a desk and that being your kiosk. And it's just kind of this awkward thing where you have to go through the screen. And as soon as you take the screen away from it, it becomes much more, uh, I don't know, it erases the friction and, and there's much less of a pinch point in the interaction. But then all of a sudden, I don't know, do you lose the bounds of this interaction? You can do it from anywhere. But at the same time, we're talking about the phone being this boundless thing.
1: Yeah, I think what we ended up with, which was a bit of a different direction than we were initially thinking, was this control device where the the, the interaction was super limited, but simple.
0: Right. And it, it's like, at first I was sort of hesitant to embrace this. I was like, what are you thinking of, Colter? But thinking about it in terms of this conversation, like it's funny that it's so much more limited and yet maybe it's much more or much less friction because you have to just walk up and touch this thing and push the buttons as opposed to like pull up an app on your phone and find the right app and then log in and all this other stuff that like comes as a prerequisite to your phone.
1: Right. And I think like that's the role of the designer in in this case is to, like super curate the bounds like, this this is the degree of interaction that you can have, and maybe that's kind of the problem with the phone as an interface right now is that the amount of interactions that you can have is so huge that it, it's, it's much more difficult to figure out how to curate those.
0: Yeah. It's also just, like, awkward to use a QR code to do stuff. Yeah. Like, this Nike store, like, that's amazing. Like, I, I love the idea of, like, walking in and... and kind of simplifying your experience like you can wander if you want to wander like it doesn't take away from that kind of joy of wandering through a store and finding random stuff that you're like oh this is cool i didn't know this was a thing but at the same time it kind of like simplifies the idea of like oh this is cool but now is it in my size i have to go dig through stuff you can just go to the fitting room right so it kind of like simplifies that Uh, but this seems like at least in this instance the phone seems like the right interface for that right because you're kind of like okay it's
1: designed to work around the phone
0: right but i'm wondering like are but uh, in our instance like the phone might have been too much for digital picnic it might have been too too much for us to take on too much for us to take on but maybe it was just too much possibility of this interaction like you didn't need the full amount of possibility of the phone like, are there right instances to use a phone as an interface? And there are wrong instances of using the so, phone's interface. Because, like, the Amazon Go store, it's even more ubiquitous. It uses computer vision. Like, it tracks everything you do, whether you have a... It, you just kind of log in with your phone and say, I'm in the store. And then after that, it's, it's up to whatever. So, like... I
1: think one of the things that came up a lot when I took the Industrial Design Studio was the problem of trying to design something some object today, uh-huh. which was um, a question that you brought up fairly frequently. Like, if it can be done on a phone better, why why do it this way? Right. It was like, why not just do an app? And like, the the argument was it shouldn't be just an app. And I don't know if that argument was ever well-defined.
0: I think I think that's um, kind of what I'm getting at with this recent question is, maybe for digital picnics at the stage we're in and the interactions we're trying to find, like, app is too much right is it too much interaction like just distilling it down to this little thing that comes off the ceiling like initially it's like you think about when Coulter brought it up i was initially like well that's not cool it doesn't have an amazing visual interface like there's so much less flexibility you have to be in the space to like touch it and push the buttons but like that's all we needed and that's kind of what we were trying to do with the phone too except we we're just trying to make it look cool but then all of a sudden you have to go to a specific website or open a specific app and it's like that's much more complexity to it so like that's when like maybe it's done quote-unquote better on the phone but it's not actually better for the interaction versus maybe something like this nike store where you need to see or have a much more flexibility of interactions where you can actually use much more of the 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 total uh, ability of the phone app then maybe it's actually a useful interaction to have the phone app
1: so with the nike store it the nike store there's there's nothing like there's no technological entity that is doing anything
0: no you're just kind of so like
1: the phone itself the phone itself is that media
0: right and it's the media it's like the yeah the mediator it, like probably how i would assume it like sends some alert to some employee and says hey can you grab this off of our inventory in the back and stick it in this room right
1: right buy so think, product think...
0: 52 in size m and stick it in fitting room three
1: I think the difference is the digital picnic is itself like a technological space yeah versus the nike store is armature or artifice i guess for like technological pieces to be used like it's the artifice for you to use your phone it's like it's just a place where you can use your phone
0: yeah that's true i mean maybe maybe you're right
1: i think that's like a vastly different yeah. Time or whatever word you want to use. And
0: I, and I guess you're right to the extent that it was also designed around the phone and they, they've spent a lot of time making this as seamless of an interaction as possible so maybe like them doing a really good job or me seeing this as like a really good use of a phone is them doing a really good job as designers. So I guess you could spin it that way too. But yeah, Armature for digital phone interaction, I think that's a good point.
1: I think let me think, does that do we I think we can dig into authenticity next week? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Well I'm sure I don't know how
1: long we've been. Maybe about forty minutes.
0: Just under forty minutes, I'm sure, when we edit out some of this, then will cut cut down again a little bit. But
1: I, I think that there like next week I think we'll dig into horror a bit and authenticity. Okay. So I think we can definitely continue this conversation. I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to well, add. I think
0: what I, I guess what I want to add is we've we've kind of talked about these. Uh, we never really came to a consensus on anything, and I think that's just because it's a really hard question to answer, and it, there's a lot of moving parts here. But at some point, someone's going to solve this, and it's going to, or at least, come closer to solving this, and it's going to make someone really rich. <laughs> I think, or or some company. But I, I'm right. I'm excited about that sort of future because I just. I, there's something so cool about having this seamless interaction where, like, yes, maybe you need a screen, or no, maybe you don't need a screen. So there's something really cool about that, but there's also some sort of, like, uh, I don't know, inherent wariness of something like Amazon's Go store where computer vision is the thing that's tracking you and keeping track... Like, then you, all of a sudden you're keeping track of all your movements in the store. Like, it's kind of freaky.
1: Yeah, so, like, when you talk about computer vision, it's this, like, it's this...
0: It's like I I don't know how it works What's exactly. What's the word I'm
1: looking for? Uh, where you where you're like a spy? What's oh,
0: spy? I don't know, but it's kind of dystopic.
1: Well, it's it's this thing that kind of hides in the background, right? Uh huh. Um, and it it doesn't have a physical realization. And I guess my question is, is if you gave this computer vision technology a physical reality within the store if that starts to take away that feeling
0: oh that might be true because then you know if you're being watched you know if you're interacting with it as opposed to like assuming that you're always interacting with it maybe that's what's so nice about this nike store phone app thing is like you know it's there when it's there yeah versus
1: it's it's your phone like it only works if you're using your phone
0: yeah if you if they like give you some device when you walk in it wouldn't work as well yeah (laughs) That's definitely true. Or if they were like tracking your footsteps around the store, that'd be kind of weird too. If or if you, like, you could be, them. or if you like walk up to some mannequin and there's a screen built into every mannequin, that doesn't work as well either. You have to have like a mobile, like a mobile phone is, it works pretty well
1: for that. Yeah, and I would say like maybe the mobile phone right now is at its height. I don't know if it's going to get a whole lot better. Like, yeah. you can make a fold or whatever, but that seems kind of pointless. Yeah.
0: Well, what if the mobile phone incorporates some of this gestural stuff? Like, what if the back is for gestures? That'd be cool. You'd like, like you had a hypersurface on the back of your phone. Yeah. So, all of a sudden, you're, like, tapping on your phone to, like, turn on your lights when you walk home. Like you.
1: you be good. Yeah, yeah, that's not bad.
0: That would be awesome. Because then you just, like, walk in, you don't have to turn on your screen, you don't have to open your app, you don't have to yell at Google. You're I'm just, like, sure. you walk in, and you just kind of, like, tap your back of your phone in some pattern and all of a sudden your living room light turns on.
1: You can charge through the back of your phone right now, so I feel like that would be reasonable.
0: Yeah, and then you can, like, swipe your fingers up and down on the back of it to, like, turn the the music up and down.
1: Right, but I guess, like, I just see the phone as it is right now as a formal thing is so boring. It is. That's why I got an iPhone, because everything else is the same at this point.
0: Yeah, but...
1: It just functions a little better.
0: I, yeah. I, we've spent so much time talking about how form doesn't matter in architecture. I'm like hesitant to like turn around and say, oh, it matters for it matters for digital design. It's a little hypocritical.
1: No, I don't think that form doesn't matter in architecture. I think that the way we rationalize form is crap okay. in architecture. Okay. Most of the time. All right. I, I would say like the form of space can be pretty important. But the way in which it's rationalized a lot of the time is just dumb.
0: Okay, I guess I could get behind that. That's maybe a better way of putting it. Alright, one other thing, and this is completely irrelevant. Did you see that post I posted, uh, that Arc Daily post I put on our Slack channel recently, and they are talking about, like, beauty matters to people or whatever?
1: Where, in general?
0: I don't remember where. I, yeah, it might have been in general. The general channel. But they were talking about, like, how someone did some research that, like, Beauty is actually or I don't know if it was it might not have been Arc Daily. it was some architecture site, but they're talking about how beauty is actually like good for you and viewing beauty makes you happier. So therefore it's okay that things are just beautiful. Um, and I was like, I really like that rationalization on one hand because it's good to know that viewing beautiful things well makes people happy. But on the other hand, like if you kind of pervert that, all it is is an excuse to do whatever you want because you think it's beautiful and then and, and we've already kind of gotten to this point where we're doing that right like there's this minimalist movement but there's i think studies that show that like uh visual complexity and some of these like old style cornices that go on columns and things like that are actually more beautiful to the eye or more attractive to the eye so mm-hmm. uh, i don't know it, it's a mixed bag to me i think on one hand it's like kind of validates the use of art and architecture and on the other hand it just completely can be perverted into do what you want it's pretty yeah
1: to be fair this this article is only like four sentences long
0: it is it is it doesn't go into any detail but that's kind of what i got out of it
1: there's also a video maybe we should link this too
0: yeah we can link that at the end
1: all right yeah. uh rapid... well, we shall continue this conversation yeah as to figure out what exactly we're talking about yeah definitely <laughs> okay
0: uh good chat we did a
1: morning record today.
0: Yeah, I know. I need to get ready for work now. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, if you like us, rate us on iTunes or wherever you're listening to us. We would appreciate that.
1: And we'll be back in your ears shortly. Yeah.
0: Next uh, <laughs> Sunday, maybe. Some Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And then I'll and then I'll have to edit it. So early next week. We'll see you then.
1: Yep. Peace.
0: See ya.